Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Hare mai, welcome to Caucus. Nice to have you along with us for another week as we get closer to the election. If you had any doubts that election 2023 was going to be um, about economics and about the cost of living, then that was probably assuaged this week um, because it all got about the, the money. Just tell me where the money's coming. Show me the money. Show me the money. That, of course, was John Key and... And I'm Guy Espiner. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and I'm Lisa Owen. And I'm Tim Watkin. And um, here's Julian Wilcox. Oh. Mm. Julian's not with us this week. <laughs> is um, it our first caucus defection? It, it, no, he is, he's, still, he's still in the party. He is not um, allegedly drink-driving anywhere. He's not selling off shares anywhere. <laughs> he is um, just in Christchurch shooting some stuff. Um, and cannot make and us by that back we mean week. filming. Yeah. Yes, yes, filming things. Um, so look, welcome along, and um, it's great to have everybody here. Big week, taxes and working for families and GST and all these things. Today I'm announcing that if re-elected, Labour will remove GST from fresh and frozen fruit and veggies from the 1st of April next year. <laughs> but it doesn't end there. Today I'm also announcing that if re-elected, on the 1st of April next year, we will make the largest ever increase to the Working for Families in-work tax credit. Initial reaction, guys. Well, I've actually been quite taken by the level of cynicism of of Labour on its GST of uh, fruit and vegetables, Um, particularly around this thing, how they've been saying, well, look, this isn't a policy for experts, because every tax expert that you could throw a GST-free tomato at has said, what a dog of a policy. Not only does it give you very, very little in terms of return, maybe five bucks a week for for a family, for a household, but also that it's it's difficult to administer it's a lot of it won't be passed through but this idea that somehow oh it's not a policy for tax experts i mean we've just come off the back of covid and i see that um you know labor's lifted the final restrictions and we're all follow urged to follow the expert advice to so to say with tax policy oh it doesn't matter what the experts think um despite numerous tax working groups over the years saying it was a dog of a policy um to somehow just make this blatant populist grab um, with GST off fruit and veggies and to say the experts um, don't matter, I thought was cynical. Oh, absolutely it was cynical. And not just any old tax working group, but the man that they hold up as the the, the hero of finance ministers, yeah. Michael the Cullen. The godfather. The yeah. godfather, you know, who said, yeah, not the most efficient delivery mechanism. Do you want to know precisely in 2019 he said his group precisely said, does not recommend removing GST from certain products such as food and drink on the basis that the GST exemptions are complex, poorly targeted for achieving distributional goals and generate large compliance costs. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and other people have echoed that. But I also think it was cynical to say that about these economists and experts in the sense that the impression was given, mm, they, they're begrudging you five bucks in your back pocket each week with this GST saving. No, no, they were not questioning whether it was worthy to give people some money back as a cost of living relief policy. It was purely the delivery mechanism that was um, in question. And and Labor's own, you know, they put out, you know, their Q&A sheets with their policy every time and their own estimation. I think it was, what was it, four bucks something? It's not even five dollars. Four twenty-five, I believe. Four twenty-five. But it's popular. Just to play devil's advocate on that, I mean, this is this is actually not. This is an election campaign. They want to win. They are behind in the polls, and the focus groups love this stuff. Buzzing in. Focus groups love it. Buzzing in. Do you think when they asked people in those focus groups, and I really want to know this, Mm. did they say to them, "Shall we do GST off fruit and veg"? And do you like that idea? You'll get five bucks a week. Did they exactly. tell you the no. number? No. People no. hate GST, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a perception, obviously, fruit and veggies are very expensive. We've all been either put the vegetables back ourselves or watched others do it, and it's a, it's a pretty awful experience. Mm. They've been up, what, 23% in the last year or so. I mean, it's, it's extraordinary. So obviously, you know, GST is, is a hated tax because it's, it's a tax. So, yeah, um, I, I get that it might be... Uh, "Quote unquote popular," but as Lisa says, popular when when you are told how much you're going to get. I yeah. don't know. Well, you look at the peak um, return year, which is. 2027-2028 when they say it's $565 million that mm. basically people will get in their back pockets. If you assume that there's 5 million of us roughly, that's $113 per person. Why don't you just hand the money out? <laughs> but Look, there's the politics. I'm being serious. No, 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 no seriously. Yeah, and and I, think, this, yeah. I, think, I think you, you would have been better to actually just do, do a direct uh, cash transfer um, <laughs> and, and, let, and let people spend the money. And then you could have targeted it at the people who really need it. Because obviously um, the, the better off people are going to get um, more, more back here. This is You're right. And it's, it's, not, it's not targeted. I mean, it's interesting. The, the um, uh, people who are defined as lower income, for, also from the Cullen Working Group, 20% spend 20% of their money on food, whereas people who are regarded as high income only spend about 14% of their money on food. So in that sense, it's progressive in that um, proportion, proportionally it is. But you're right, in terms of nominal figures and cash dollars, rich people are going to do better from, from, from this because they spend more money on food. Um, so, it, yeah, there, there's some real questions. I, I, I get the point about the bad economics. It's the politics that perhaps is, is smarter than than we're giving them credit for. It does, doesn't it reinforce the working class hero of Chippy, your man from Lower Hutt, who actually gives a damn about what you're paying down the shops. Well, I thought that was sausage rolls, not, not fruit and veggies. <laughs> yeah, um, and could you buy a sausage roll for four bucks, twenty, whatever, these days, anyway? And doesn't it contrast with what National's going to give in terms of tax cuts? Um, well, the, one of the things I would say about that, when you have very grassroots organisations like Child Poverty action saying that it is a sad way, Susan St. John's exact words, Mm. sad way to give $4 a week to low-income families. And, um, you know, people, David Latale saying it's not going to make any difference, who runs a food bank and is involved in very many, a lot of social services, who said, uh, you know, actually they'd like milk and a loaf of bread before a zucchini, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, can, can we name, it'd be easier for us to flip this around, can we name anyone who supports it? 
<laughs> outside the Labour Party. <laughs> no, Have you got no. those crickets again that we played for Julian? The focus groups. The focus groups. Yeah. <laughs> they, the, the, the punters The, 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 the other thing with this like it, is, right? is um, if, if it were ever to come to pass, it'd be very difficult to, to overturn again. Yes, because because one of these policies, I mean, interest-free student loans, a bit similar in that no one who's really um, crunched the numbers on it terribly thinks it's a, it, it's a great policy economically. No. But it's very hard to overturn. Can you imagine if it were to come to pass, yeah. a, a, government, a future government trying to put the GST back on, no. it, it would be very, very difficult. No, it is one of those locked-in things. And that's what they found in Australia and other countries is that they put it in, everyone... There's endless arguments in Australia back in the well, day about what, what is a what is a processed of food, bread. what is a loaf, how well, do you what define qualifies for cashier or no for cashier? Britain is a Jaffa cake, a biscuit, or a cake. All of those debates, right? If it's if it's got icing on it, it's um, not bread. If it's a glaze, it is. <laughs> I mean, those were actual. And that actual could be a show me the money moment. I mean, see, Lloyd Burr had a bit of fun with that on, oh. on News Hub the other day. We're, yeah. we're, Hilarious. We're, we're, we're bringing in a bag of shopping, and I mean, so that that could well um, haunt them through the campaign. Yeah. Yeah. And and Labour has gone back on this over the years. So this is this is this week's little bit of history is going back through Labour. Oh, this um, is the history lesson. This is the history lesson. So sit sit comfortably, children. No, Labour back and forth over tax. Right, 2011, which is why I played that. Showed me the money clip at the beginning. 2011 was when Phil Goff went up against John Key um, and said, uh, "Let's uh, take fruit and veg, um, take GST off fruit and veg." Um, the argument interesting then was was much more. It was in reaction to national. Um, increasing GST, right, from 12.5 to, to 15%. Yeah. So it was it was partly in the context of that. And also they made a big push on the obese, anti-obesity part of it, that this was going to save health dollars down the track, which has kind of been absent. I mean, it's been mentioned, but it's been not nearly as emphasised um, this time around. Um, and then David Shearer was like, mm, don't particularly like this idea, and dissed it a few times without actually ever doing anything about the, um, about it at all. Cunliffe then removed it altogether and said, no, we're going to go capital gains instead. And funnily enough said, oh, um, there was evidence that items um, such as fruit and vegetable were mainly consumed by people who could afford more and there were better ways to give relief to families who were struggling. So, um, did, he miss, did he miss the paved road to Damascus? Well, funny you should mention that. I want to thank St Paul's for allowing us to use this venue today. I don't want to present myself as any kind of saint, but I've been on my own road to Damascus when it comes to the announcements we're making today. So this is Grant Robertson, who had um, a bit of a change of mind on GST, off fruit and vegetables, because just a year or so ago he was saying this. This one is one where I do stand by the view that that GST as a comprehensive tax yep. makes it very easy to administer. And there's people who, in the room who've lived in other countries where there are more uh, exemptions. It becomes an absolute boondoggle to get through. Um, you know, if you do it off fresh fruit and vegetables, you know, or even, you know, or even, you know, staple products, mm. then you get into an argument, you know, what's the difference between beetroot and canned beetroot? And I have to say that if you wanted to make a real impact on the lowest income people, you wouldn't cut um, the tax off, you know, fresh beetroot. You know, that's not what people on low incomes no. can buy.
And yet that's exactly Ooh, what he's it done. It hurts to hear that, isn't it? It's, I mean, and, and you know he hasn't changed his mind. I mean, we, we, know, he, he, we know Grant Robertson quite well. We've interviewed him, all of us, many times. Um, he hasn't changed his mind. No. He, he's putting up a very good front to be a team player, to be charitable to him. But um, David Parker took the more principled <laughs> um, path, which was uh, to resign his portfolio. Grant Robertson hasn't changed his mind at all. No. He, he knows it's a dog of a policy. He knows it won't deliver to low-income people. And he's he's left um, having to uh, defend it mm. when he doesn't believe it, which is why... He, he's got in and let Nicola Willis get under his skin so much because she's right that there has been an argument in the party over this policy and, and that's um, why he's lashed out at her so furiously. <laughs> We're going to get to that a little bit later on. But you're right. You, you look, Grant Robertson says, oh, his road to Damascus was, was one of the main reasons that now um, means that he's seen the light on this is that he can um, rely on the grocery commissioner um, to, Sorry, to save just, us all. just snorting some tea there. <laughs> and, I mean, it's a really interesting example, right? The well, but how? Gross, gross... When he was asked about that, he yeah. was asked about that in the morning The power report. of the Commerce Commission behind the him. Power. The power. The power. Like a wand or something. Yes. Um, because he was asked about that in a morning report interview and he was asked sort of, you know, how's that going to work? And I, I think it was him who said, you know, oh, it's not like they're going to walk down the aisle every day and, you know. <laughs> sure. Um, look at items. So I sort of thought, yeah, right, okay, someone maybe has given you a talking point to say, oh, that's an, that's an easy out. We didn't have a grocery commissioner then. We've got one now. So, you know, mention that. Um, and the other thing he talked about was that, you know, I've seen that other countries have done it and the wheels haven't fallen off. Well, other countries had done it at the point where he said he didn't like it. Indeed. Right? And then he said, oh, um, and now it's frozen, not just fresh. So that's okay. But it's still not tins of beetroot because um, no, that would not. be processed. And there's vinegar in there or something. Exactly. Um, and look, if you look to the UK, they have the great example that has been um, starting to be talked about this week, which is that um, uh, period, period products, Yeah. they took the 5% VAT off them. 1% got passed through. The supermarkets absorbed 4% by, according to a Guardian newspaper investigation, um, to which, again, Grant Robinson says, oh, but, but grocery commissioner, to which I would say, well... Um, UK has a grocery um, a commissioner as well. Didn't seem to make yeah, a difference. Yeah, the, the, so, the, est- the estimates are that it, that between about thirty and fifty percent would be passed on, and fifty is the top. Yeah. The, um, I think there was a Deloitte report which showed it's quite likely to be thirty percent. So uh, there are going to be winners out of this policy, but it ain't going to be poor people. And well, potentially has National been a, one of the winners because they certainly latched onto this and, and made the same criticisms. Grant, Do- Grant Robertson has obviously had to swallow his pride and suck this one up, even though he was happily criticising the concept just three months ago. So rough day for him yesterday. What would you spend your extra four dollars on? Do you think per week that you would save, or will you save it? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It won't even buy you a Coomera. In the current cost of living crisis, that'll cost you $5.20. Look, you could probably get a cauliflower if it was on special, but you certainly wouldn't be able to afford any cheese for it. Yeah, you probably couldn't get a cauliflower at the moment. About five and a half, I think, for yeah. a full cauliflower. But, but I've been <laughs> Can't get this, a Coomera, mate. Uh, I've been watching this, um, you know, Nicola Willis, Grant Robertson sort of battle because they're quite interested in the in the finance spokespeople from the two major parties. Um, it's always a good sort of shadow battle to the uh, to the leadership contest. And you know, Nicola Willis has been getting under his skin. I mean, she got the she got the policy first several weeks ago. That must have really hurt for uh, for you know, no matter what you think of the policy. 
it was Labour's big election, you know, yep. campaign launch, really, wasn't it? And she got it a couple of weeks in advance. She did, and she she did that with another policy too, didn't she? What was that one? She had an advance. She had another one, um, another uh, leak out of Labour. She seems to have some pretty good sources. <laughs> I don't know where quite where they're coming from. But don't you? But but did it actually work for them, or was it didn't? turn into an own goal because arguably there was so much anticipation then around this there was some real attention on it I, I feel that the the policy of as you say 425 a week it's potentially underwhelming but actually they it, got it's... huge publicity because Labour had leaked it the National had leaked it there was this weeks of build up weeks of build up are we going to get it are we going to get it when are we going to get it so it almost actually gave Labour a really good platform. It's the politics of it, I think, as, as Guyana is intimating. She is scratch, scratch, scratching away there, and she's she's had, um, you know, she's poked the tiger, and the, the tiger's bitten back, calling her, you know, the L word. Yes, it did. The mistake corresponds with a three-month gap, right? So somebody said it's going to start 1st of April, and somebody else said it's going to start 1st of July. Did you and Chippy have a disagreement about when this should kick in? complete lie here. Why would you repeat a lie? Who told the lie? Nicola told with no evidence. Whose lie was it? Nicola Willis's lie. That's oh. what you've just repeated there. She's, I'm, you and I might be in trouble for defamation. You don't throw the L word it's around lightly. She is lying about that. Well, okay, I'm just going to say... You her on and ask her what her evidence was of that, or you could listen to what the Prime Minister said at his press conference when he said that we discussed different dates. The 1st of April was a date that I thought was a good date because it could come in at the beginning of um, the new financial year and give people some relief from cost of living. People, Is that how it works now? People just get to make something up and without checking with anybody it's just asserted. Is that how it is now? That is some serious freewheeling there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you man. know, I've seen I've seen politicians and uh, we were talking about Michael Cullen before we've been, been, been pretty upset with interviews of the late Michael Cullen, but um, that seemed disproportionate. There was real anger there, mm, and it was. Um, you know, disproportionate to, to, to what the what the argument was. And, and of course, journalists and interviewers are going to put different scenarios to people. Um, it's, it seems extraordinary, and it, it, it really it betrays someone who um, has has really had to fight a difficult position. Because as we've said, he doesn't believe in this policy. He knows it's it's not a good one. Hasn't supported it in the past, and feels he has to put on a united front. And that and he's cracking there, isn't he? And her response, I think, to give her her due, the tone was um, was just right, probably where it should be, which is he's had a rough he's had a rough time lately. You know, if he needs a break, he's had a tough start to the year. He's had to swallow a lot of rats, and it was out of character for him yeah. to get personal like that. And I've got some compassion for him. I think he needs a break, and. Um, I'm very happy to give him one. To be accused of lying is completely over the top. Are you considering any sort of legal action defamation against Jessica Robinson and not the regular No, the last thing he needs is a lawyer letter. He probably needs a cup of tea and a lie down. Mic drop. I'm happy to give him <laughs> yeah. a break. Yeah, is 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 a pretty good line. It, it's interesting to, to to watch Nicola Willis. I, I'm I'm interested to see that they've put her on the billboards too with Chris Luxon, especially around my neighbourhood. Anyway, I don't know uh, what, what uh, billboards people are seeing around the around the country, but um, quite rare to see uh, a leader Luxon and and Nicola Willis um, finance um, ne- next to him. So they're obviously putting putting big store on her. Is she going to be the finance minister if it's a coalition of the right? Isn't is that David Seymour's job, finance minister? You'd expect so. You'd expect the major party. I mean, I guess the last time that didn't happen was ninety 
six when Peters was given treasurer, but they still had Birch as the finance minister. A new job. A fi- yeah, yes. they created a they new job They made a for new him, job exactly. so you always have to go. Seymour could be the minister <laughs> so, of deregulation or something. So yeah, that's, I don't think, that's I don't. the interesting thing. But there was the yin and yang there with Christopher the Luxon yeah. and Nicola Willis. And there was sort of that awkward moment, which we were all feeling awkward about, with Sam Uffendale and the, you know, oh. I go to the supermarket to give my my wife a break moment and um, both Nicola Willis and Christopher Luxon were asked about it and it was interesting again her tone where she sort of turned and started to walk away from reporters and then paused because she couldn't resist looked over her shoulder and said I'm a feminist and then marched off down the (laughs) corridor so I think she is um She's part of that leadership package we've discussed before that Christopher Luxon is having issues in the polling around popularity and trustworthiness. And then also another big thing this week has been the um, the transferable partners parental leave, mm-hmm. right? Nicola Willis had her yeah. own aspirations in, in terms of that as well. And she's been front and centre. And she was in Parliament saying, you know, I've birthed four children. So she's birthed four children. She's the, you know, deputy of the n- National Party. She's on the campaign trail. You on know, the billboards. On the billboards. <laughs> and it is interesting. I mean, you know, National does strategically um, struggle with... Uh, a middle-class woman in the suburbs, right? They've had issues there before, and certainly after, you know, 2020 and, and the way Jacinda Ardern swept through um, uh, a lot of that vote, National needs to do something. And Chris Luxon is not necessarily your your go-to guy, right? John no. Key was. Well, he was charming, right. blokey, yeah. um, and he won over a lot of the women's vote for National. And, and also, um, Luxon's vulnerable on the abortion issue, right? Let, right. Let's face it. I mean, he And he got trapped into that early on when he just got the leadership and was forced into a position where he agreed with a reporter that, um, according to his religious beliefs, that it was akin to murder. I mean, he didn't say it himself, but he was kind of trapped into saying that that, that was his position as a, as a pro-life uh, person. Mm. And they must be sort of, uh, you know, um, crossing their fingers that, that that doesn't become an issue because, you know, you, you talk to a lot of women at the time and they were worried about the idea that um, Luxon might bring those views in. Yeah. He's He's pledged that he won't, um, and you know you have to take him at face value on that. That the church and state separation holds for him there, but um, so I think that probably increases Nicola uh, Willis's value in terms of you know showing nationals um, face and in, in colours in that respect. Yeah, she's. I think look, I think she's she's critical in terms of the you know demographic they've got to win over to the swing voters. Um, but look, you you mentioned the. Um, uh, paid parental leave there. Yes, the, for the partner. Which the was the other big thing that the, yeah. the Labor talked about this week. So, um, uh, it, it's a, it's a big. St- it, well, is it a, is that a is that a big policy? Is that you know partners entitled to two weeks unpaid leave at the moment? But Labor has a staggered plan: four weeks, and it's paid for the other partner who isn't birthing the children. I'm sure. I'm sure partners and couples will be grateful for that. Well, there's 90 countries in the world that do it. And we we haven't. It has paid yeah. partner leave, yeah, yeah. right? So we've been well behind the, so the go on that. This is not a comment on whether it has value or not. Sure. Um, but mm. what I wrote down on my piece of paper when I heard that, and like I say, they like to put out a you know um, a Q and A paper on their policies. Um, and when I see the final implementation date for the full policy is I think from memory um, June 2026 or it's thereabout. Certainly the next election campaign's about to yeah, start. Yeah, the end of in. the next term yeah. if they yeah. were to win. So, so um, that is like a pawpaw. 
Everything is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. So there is that that particular policy that's not implemented in its full capacity for an, several years. Yep. There is also the in-work um, tax credit where part of it comes in in April 2024, yep. but the other part, which is ch- changing the abatement levels so that, um, you know, to the advantage of families, moving the threshold up to $50,000 rather than 40, 42 and a half mm. or thereabouts, that that's often the future as well. And I do believe that that's potentially 2026. No, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. So, it, it, so it, this is what you do. <laughs> this is what you do when you want Got to no try. no money? Yeah, you'd want to try need to be generous and fiscally responsible at the same time. Um, but, yeah, when you look at, at that movement and how far away it is, you know, inflation will probably eat up a lot of a lot of those gains anyway. In terms of the working for families yeah. um, advantages, but the first bit, the you know, the first bit, I always almost feel that, that they've undersold that a little bit, and it's been because of the focus on GST um, and the debate around that and its its workability and the back down from Robertson and so forth. Um, Twenty five bucks a week from April next year for one hundred sixty thousand families. That's just that's pretty much every family that's earning less than sixty five thousand. Most families that are earning less than eighty thousand. 25 bucks a week. You think back to what Bill English did in 2015, 25 bucks a week welfare increase, that was a big deal. And certainly pitched as a big deal by National. So I, I wonder whether well, the well, 25 bucks well, a week is, is, well, is, is, is a, an th- interesting targeted th- policy that they're not really talking I think about. That's much. a good point. And would, if, if, there, if, if the policy wasn't leaked out beforehand of the GST <laughs> of fruit and veggies, yeah. do you think they may have just have done them separately? I don't know why they, they wouldn't have. I, no. I presume that they thought, well, because GST of fruit and veggies has already been sort of leaked out there, do we need to bolster to it put with them this together. other thing? Well, um, it's part of their 10 point plan, right? So yeah, but, the, but, but that, that particular part of it, the um, the credit, the Working for Families credit. In, in work tax credit. Yeah, in yep. work tax credit. That got panned as well by Susan St John from Child Poverty Action, who said what should have happened is that in work tax credit should have been folded into other family tax credits, meaning all children in low-income families will get the same assistance regarding, regardless of whether their parents were working. And she reckons that would have... Um, Increased the number of kids who were, in essence, getting the flow down from that. Yeah. An extra 160,000 to 200,000 kids who, as it stands, will get nothing from that. So it's about um, the size of what yeah. Labour has announced in all three of these things. But, well, that's, that's the interesting thing. That, that can take us into some of the strategy stuff, which I wanted to talk about, because I think you're right. It's what you were saying about earlier, that when you try to look generous when you haven't got any money <laughs> and, and how you actually try to, to get the scale of the thing, right? Because if you listen to... I, so I'll, should you just pick one policy, throw all big. your eggs in yeah, that basket, or do you split yeah. it It's a cost-benefit thing, isn't it? Which is, the, which is my main problem with the GST of fruit and veg. I mean, for the hundreds of millions it costs you, yeah. you're just getting so little back. Um, and it, we talked about Cullen um, a, a bit before. They were very good, in my view, um, at targeting. Um, and they targeted well, working the... for families. They targeted things um, very neatly, knowing that you haven't got a lot of bang for your buck. And this is the problem with tax cuts too, right? They cost billions yeah. and billions, and often you don't get that much. But that's the point. The tax credit is the targeted bit. The GST off fruit and veggie is the, yes. here we go, everybody, have a Coomera. <laughs> um, and, but the in-work tax credit is... 
you yes, know, yes. much more targeted, 160,000 families who really need it. I know, but Christopher Hip- Chris Hipkins did not acknowledge that with the GST when he gave his speech and he said, now's not the time for me to be giving tax cuts to millionaires. Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Millionaires still buy Kumara. <laughs> they don't ones who can afford to. But look, this, this is the, this is the, the, the bit that I, I want to play this clip from Grant Robertson in the lead up to um, this announcement on Sunday because I think it probably sums up Labour's strategy, um, which I think is starting to really become apparent. And that is the big question at this election. Who is there to stand with you when times are tough? Who is in it for you and who is just in it for them and their mates? Labour has the track record of getting the balance right between supporting people and looking out for the future by being careful with the government's books. There's not room at this election for big promises, but there's always room for looking after each other. Yeah, they, they, they're, gonna, they're playing uh, nakedly playing that oh, him and his rich mates card. And I think you'll yeah. see this too with um, they're trying to ramp up the speculation on the foreign buyers ban and whether National uh, will overturn that. that. That is the policy that New Zealand First and, and Labour introduced in their first term after the 2017 election to ban foreigners from buying residential homes in New Zealand. And it stood since then. And I see there's a bit of pressure on National to say whether or not they would mm-hmm. o- overturn it. I think they'll, they'll, they'll try and put some pressure on there as well in that similar vein. I'm just I'm just really intrigued that that um, Labour is pitching itself as the very careful economic manager in this one. They're almost trying to turn the typical narrative of his head that National comes out and says Labour's tax and spend, and Labour says National is is you know cold and calculating and doesn't really care about people. You've got someone like Nicola Willis who's really trying to put the softer face of National out that we do care about the people, we empathise, we really we understand how much the Coomera cost. Um, Whereas Labour now is saying, you can trust us. We're not going to go too far. We cannot afford to go big at this election. And I'm, I'm intrigued. When you're behind in the polls like, like Labour is, you're, you're at an end of a second term, which kind of feels like a third term because of COVID and, and, and so forth. You've got um, the right or wrong direction polls going in the wrong direction. Labour, the temptation, right, the idea of in, in a lot of things, interest-free off student, interest off student loans, some big policy, yeah, right? I, I but think... Labour's trying to say... We can win this election by playing it small, by playing it stingy mm. and being Mr. Frugal. Yeah, I think there have been real debates and arguments yeah. over this. Um, and it's fa- I just you find know, it fascinating. Yeah, I think it's – I agree. And, and you, th- you look at things like the wealth tax, which they clearly wanted – well, elements of the, the party wanted to do. I don't think they can work out whether they wanted to be a traditional, you know, left-wing economic policy that was going to raise taxes uh, – um, wealth taxes and, and raise taxes on the rich – um, and redistribute, um, and I think in the end, um, Chris Hipkins has come through the middle and said, "No, we we want to we want to play it conservative." And I think through the been, middle being the point. And, and yeah. I think there've been real, you know, some pretty white hot debates uh, over this, um, and we've only just seen a glimpse of it, really. Is it through the middle, or do we have two vehicles at high speed hugging the centre line, coming to a head-on collision? You know, in terms of the party positions, and by that I mean the two major parties, is there enough between them? Are they hugging the centre line too hard? And also, when you look at this, we can't make big promises. I think we had this discussion in our first caucus meeting of this election year, we talked about the backdrop. And that backdrop, you know, the landscapes just had a few more colours painted into it this week. Exactly. Because hundreds of millions of dollars have just been shaved, sucked 
out of the economy with the drop in dairy prices, right? We've had um, the Reserve Bank governor indicated that potentially we've got one more on the ratchet with the interest rates, depending on what happens. Yes. And the forecast, if you look at the little appendices in the um, monetary policy, we know you yeah, do. It has uh, the official cash rate, you know, right out over the next couple of years. I had to go right down to the bottom of 2025 to find any significant drop in the right. rates. Yeah, no, exactly. That, look, I, that's um, checking in with economists too. They're saying this is a, re- you know, this kind of recession, if we are still in a recession, but this tight market is exactly what the Reserve Bank wants. They're gonna, they want us to suffer. They want to drive inflation down um, through that suffering. Um, so we're not going to see interest rates moving for a while. And you know what's going to happen in the next year or so? Tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of New Zealanders are going to re-fix their mortgages, and it's going to hurt hugely. Um, which is why, I guess, you see this very conservative campaign. I think you've got people... But, but, but the, you, interest, you asked the question about whether they're hugging the centre. I think you're right, they are. But so, so what they're left with is the fair card. That's what I'm seeing kind of starting to come out, and that what you can do is try and draw a distinction between what you're not, right? I think a lot of the lot of this campaign now, my gut, tell me, you can tell me in a few weeks whether I'm wrong, but we're going to see a lot of these, especially with the two-man parties, saying, we are not that, right? We are not that. Labour is saying, we are not, National is going to, what is they going to do? Repeal three waters, scrap the new RMA replacement they just got through yesterday, bring back the foreign house buyers, bring back prescription fees. Cut the free and the free and the half price public transport. Blah blah blah. Won't do the GS two. This is the that's Labor's wedge. All of those things are their wedge issues, right? Right. Yeah. And just one thing on that: the foreign buyers. I'm Be scared gonna, of national is what yeah, their yeah. strategy is. Get your point totally. I'm just going to wade in on the foreign buyers because we're about the detail here, sure. right? Okay. So Christopher Luxon has said, and I'm quoting him: clearly there has to be restrictions on foreign buyers. Yep. Right? He said that in the last 24, 48 hours. So we're not talking potentially a complete whoop gone. And also the ban on foreign buyers under Labour has never been a complete ban on foreign buyers. So you could buy off plans you for some You could buy off plans, and, and there were some, the some countries, so I just think, to make the Singapore, Hong Kong, sure, but you've gone, in, you've gone from sorry, Correct. But, but, 3,800 3, foreign buyers in 2018, 507 this year. Yeah. But let, let, let's, let's be honest, it's negligible. It's around the margins. I mean, they were 2.9% of buyers in 2017 and the year before it came in. If you look at the impact on house prices, come on. I mean, they, they, they went up massively between 2020 and 2021 when we had the asset bubble, right? And and now now they've come down. Why? Because of interest rates. It's it's All of this is You know happening. what it's like? It's, it's, <laughs> not, it's not about foreign buyers at all. I mean, well, it's, it's, a tight, it's, a, it's, it's a little, it's a few look, percent, right? It, 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 it's, it's like GST it, or fruit and vegetables. Yes, yeah, a little bit. around it's the market. Yes, yes. Obviously, if you, ex- if you expand the number of people who are able to buy something, yeah. then then yes, the the price will rise. That's basic economics. Yeah. But it's it's negligible. Um, and again, it's one of those policies that you know it's hard to overturn because for national that they're going to be saying, oh yes, we will let foreign buyers buy again, and that's not going to be popular. But it, it doesn't mean that it that it's a policy that's had a big impact on the housing no, market. Yeah. It never did. And in terms of Labour and their policy, you know, in in the what to look forward to or what to look out for, Christopher mm. Hipkins said that they've got a ten point plan for the cost of living, and at my count, GST. And the um, parental... Paid parental leave. Paid parental was eight and nine. 
that leaves one roll of the dice so just for one. ten. Just so, one for the, for the cost of living. So we do policy. think they are separate. They're not eight and eight all looked together. Well, they were announced on separate days. Nine? I have made inquiries <laughs> about that yet to get an answer. Right. But you know, if rough calculation, there's there's one more cost of living policy to come, and also Christopher Luxon, in the context of the foreign buyers policy, is saying, eh, just wait, there'll be an economic growth plan coming soon. Right. So that's going to be potentially their next policy drop and. and That'll be interesting to watch for, but it's going to be, it's going to have to be if they're going to be consistent with their message that Labour is uh, is the party of frugality or not austerity. It's too strong a word, but you know what I mean. That they are frugal, then it's going to have to be a very carefully pitched one again, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, one interesting thing, because we're focused mainly on national and Labour um, in this chat, the Greens, almost instantly after these announcements from um, Labour, put out a comparison. Uh, document which sort of said, oh, this is this is what they're saying you're going to get and this is what you will give you. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very interesting. Right off the hoof, they were ready with their numbers. And you like to give a history lesson every week, Tim. I do. Okay, so from the other corner, hashtag nerds unite. Woohoo! The Greens have a calculator. So, and I would love, no, no, I would love all the, the I would love all the parties to have this. So if they've got them, someone let me know. But the Greens definitely have a calculator where you can go on and punch in your imaginary children and say how old they are and what you earn and how many assets you have. And it will give you a precise number for whether you're paying more or paying less and how much it is. It'd be good if the other guys. Yeah, and, had that. And, and it was the Greens' idea, wasn't it, to have uh, an independent arbiter for all these yes, policies, and then we wouldn't need to get into these fiscal hole arguments that we have every election. Um, and I think um, shame on the other parties for not picking that up, um, especially National, I think, who who, who opposed that. Opposed it. Um, having an independent um, arbiter so people can can go to a trusted source to 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 estimate the policy would have been a would have been a, an advantage, I think, for the whole public discourse on this. Well, isn't it lucky they have us still? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and your, our, our history lessons and our appendices and our war stories from years past. We're here for you, New Zealand. Um, and we'll, and Julian Wilcox will be too next week. He, he will us. be. Damn it, he will be. He's, he's back and he's going to be fired up, ready to go with stories from Christchurch. That looks about our time, doesn't it? I think we've covered the ground. We'll be back with you next week. So it'll be great to uh, have your company then. Thanks very much. From Guy and Lisa from me, see you next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.